The parish of Ekev is the parish of Eretz Yisrael. Because in that, in the parish of Ekev, it doesn't only say that we're going to Eretz Yisrael, or that there are mitzvot that we do in Eretz Yisrael that we don't do anywhere else, where it says, which it says again and again in the book of Devarim, but also in the book of Bamidbar. But there's something that it says in the book of, of Dvarim, here in the parish of Akev, that is quite remarkable and uh, noteworthy. If you look at the text at the top of the page, Ushmartem et kola mitzvah, asher anochi mitzvah hayom. Okay, that's a common thread in Dvarim. Do the right thing, don't do the wrong thing. Okay. Leman techesku vatem virishtem et ha'aretz asheretem ovrim shama lirishta. So you have to keep the mitzvot. It's not clear whether it means keep the mitzvot before you go to Eretz Yisrael in order that you should come to Eretz Yisrael or keep the mitzvot in Eretz Yisrael so that you should stay in Eretz Yisrael. But there's a connection, obviously, between doing the mitzvot and Eretz Yisrael. Now, at this time, when Moshe Rabbeinu is telling B'nai Yisrael this, uh, this story, that they should uh, maintain the mitzvot in order to stay in Eretz Yisrael, there's some kind of connection, they must have wondered to themselves. You mean a nation that uh, could build the golden calf and a nation that could reject Eretz Yisrael? I mean, we'll probably do it again. It's, it's, not, it's like a genetic fault. That's how we are. We're not exactly the way we should be. And if you could build the golden calf after... Matan uh, Torah, after the Torah was given. So, I mean, how bad could you be? How much more bad could anybody be? So you don't get reformed. You don't just, doesn't just change. So here Moshe Rabbeinu is going to give them the key. The key to life in Eretz Yisrael, here in the Torah. Pasuk Yud. Ki Haaretz, Asher Loka Eretz Mitzrayim He. And this is perhaps also the secret of Yitziat Mitzrayim, why the Jews had to be there for hundreds of years, right? 210. 210 years in slavery before they went to Eretz Yisrael. It says it right in the Pasuk. Ki Eretz Loka Eretz Mitzrayim He. Asha Misham. Everything is a cinch. Or at least life. The assurance that you'll have something to eat in Mitzrayim is clear. It's obvious. Because there's water. All you have to do is kick a, a kind of a furrow in the ground, and the water will get from wherever it is to the tomato that you've planted. So that in Mitzrayim, it's kind of up to you. It's not up to God. 
At least that's the way you feel in Mitzrayim. You feel that here's the water, here's the arable land. If I plant the tomatoes and I make a furrow that brings the water to the tomatoes, all is well. It's up to me. It's up to me. There's no divine intervention. Harim ubikaot means that even if there's water, like today in Eretz Israel, it's not easy to transport that water from wherever it is to wherever you are. Right? So you know that, that the Movil Haartzi is kind of a miracle because it brings water from over there to over here, which is very far away. But before the Movil Haartzi, before they made this tremendous system of pipes, it was not so easy. If you wanted to be a farmer, you had to be a farmer where the water was. And if you wanted to drink water, you had to be near where the water was being collected. Water in Eretz Israel is an issue. And everybody knows, everybody knows that uh, we daven for rain because we're not certain, right? Comes along Sukkot and we start getting nervous about the water in the winter because we need the water for agriculture. So we daven, we daven for water. And we also in the summer, we daven for a lack of water. We want stability in order that, in order that we could develop agriculture and life. We have what to eat here in Eretz Yisrael. So that's Haaretz Asher Tevavim Shabbal Rishtah, Eretz Harim Uvkaot Limtar Shamayim Tishteh Mayim. And then the, the end is this pasuk, which is absolutely remarkable. Uh, not that it's unknown, but it's certainly a remarkable thing that the Torah says, Eretz asher shevelokecha doresh ota tamid. And so this water business, this water business comes from the rain. Right? You need water, so the water comes from the rain. The rain comes from God. I mean, we have, even today, no way of making rain. I mean, it's true you can put some dried ice on some clouds and get something, but it's not good enough. It's not, even today, it's, you know, drought is drought. Drought is a terrible thing. There's a drought now, some kind of a drought in south, middle United States of America, which is, you know, in all the newspapers, because it's a tragedy. Today, I mean, they can't bring water to places where there's no water. It's got to rain. And if it doesn't rain, it's tragic. So look at what the Pasuk says. Eretz asher atsheb elokecha doresh ota tamid. Doresh ota tamid means God's looking at it. And what does that mean probably? It means God is evaluating do we deserve the rain? Or don't we deserve the rain? That's Doresh Otah Tamid in the way of heaven. Not that God is looking to see how many inches of rain there were, uh, there were last year or how high the lower line of danger in the Kinneret is. I think they move that line every year. But, but uh, God is looking at us. Doresh Otah Tamid means 
the population in Eretz Yisrael. And then the Pasuk says the same thing in a different way. Right? And what does the Pasuk say? Einei Hashem Elokecha Va. You imagine that? I mean, let's ignore the fact that it's a problem of anthropomorphism, right, which we don't like. Because we're all students of the Rambam. And the Rambam told us there's no such thing. That when the Torah says something that sounds anthropomorphic, what you have to do is kind of make a homily out of it, or a medrash. It's not serious. And yet, we go back and we say to the Rambam, and the Rambam agrees that the use of the homily is nonetheless interesting. All of a sudden, God has eyes. Right? Why does God have eyes in this in this story? Okay, Doresh Otatamid means God is interested in the... He's, he looks into it. Though that's Doresh Otatamid. But why does the Torah have to say, Einei Hashem Elokecha Ba? Okay? You can look at Rashi. Rashi in Pasuk Yudbet. We don't have time to do all of this, but the Rashi, all this Rashi is very interesting, so I leave it with you. But in Pasuk Yudbet, Rashi says, four lines from the bottom of the Rashi, Asher Hashem Elokecha Doresh V'halo av Doresh. Here Rashi is a, or a Chazal, are very liberal, and they say, what, do you think God is only looking at us? God's looking at everybody, all the nations of the world. Shene'emar lahamtir al eretz lo'ish. Ela kivyachol, eino doresh elota kivyachol. It appears to us, we imagine, that God is only interested in us in Eretz Yisrael. Vahidei ota drisha, shedorsha, Doresh et kol ha'aratzot ima. So this is like a well-known Kabbalistic idea, which appears in different ways in the Kabbalah, that divine munificence goes from heaven to Eretz Yisrael. And then from Eretz Yisrael it spreads out into the entire world, so that the judgment of how things will be in the world is first to Eretz Yisrael and then to the entire, then to the entire uh, uh, world. That's a, an explanation of a different pasuk in the beginning of Ekev. V'achalta v'savato v'rachta. That's what it says. V'achalta v'savato v'rachta. That's where we know there's a mitzvah min Torah to say berkat amazon. But it says v'achalta v'savato v'rachta et Hashem elokecha Al That's what the Pasuk says. So everybody asked the question, including the Zohar, what do you mean Eretz HaTova? You have to say Birkat HaMazon every place. Not only in Eretz Yisrael. Right? So why does the Pasuk say Al HaAretz HaTova? The answer is, the answer to the Zohar. The answer to the Zohar is because bounty, sustenance, comes to the world through Eretz Yisrael. First to Eretz Yisrael, then spreads around into the entire world. So even when we were thanking God for the sandwich that we ate in kosher delight or kosher family or kosher kosher or whatever it is, 
where he say, oh, you know this sandwich? It comes from Eretz Yisrael. Right? Good comes from Eretz Yisrael. That was the idea. That's how they explained that pasuk. So the mitzvah birkat hamazon min ha-Torah is wherever you happen to be. It's not connected to Eretz Yisrael. However, when you say birkat hamazon, you're supposed to remember, you're supposed to remember Eretz Yisrael when you say birkat hamazon. So that's what, that's what Rashi says. Tamid einei Hashem elokecha ba, right, the second part of the pasuk, lerod ma'itzricha, ulechadesh lagzerot, because God looks at Eretz Yisrael to see what the needs are. And then perhaps even there should be punishments for some reason. The Jews should be punished for not living up to the standard. Itim litova ve'itim lira'ah kide'ita berosh hashana. So that's what, uh, uh, that's what Rashi says. So Rashi does not see in this pasuk a particularly uh, 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 important theological point. He just explains what the words, what the words are. But if you look at the Rashbam, Rashbam, the grandson of Rashi, who continued his general method of parshanut, let's see what the Rashbam says. Kachshitat parshiot elu. That means I'm going to now explain to you how these parshiot work. Right, shita is a, like a, something straight. Like I'm going to organize it for you. I organize the parashiyot, meaning what we just, what we just learned. Tzrichim atem lishmoet mitzvot Hashem elokeichem. Right, that's pasuk chet. You see pasuk chet? Tushmartem et kol mitzvah shonok mitzvah yom leman techezku v'atem v'yoshtem et ha'art ha'shaytem ovrim so the Shmartem et mitzvot brings you to inheriting the land. So the Rashbam says, Ki ha'aretz hazot tova me'eretz mitzrayim l'shomrei mitzvot. Because this land, the land of Eretz Yisrael, is better even than mitzrayim for those who are shomrei or Shomrei Mitzvot. Vera'ami kol ha'aratzot lelo Shomrim. And it's worse off than any of the lands, any land in the world, if you don't keep the mitzvot. So the idea here is, of course, if you don't want to keep mitzvot, you should go and live in Muncie. But if you want to keep mitzvot, you should live in Eretz Yisrael. That's the, that's the idea of the Rashbam. The land that you're coming to inherit is not like Egypt. Um, there, they don't need rain. In Egypt, the water is there, as we said before. And the land is there. All you have to do is bring the water to the land. And then you have, you have sustenance. Aval Eretz Yisrael, im atem shomrim mitzvot, einei Hashem elokecha ba. If you keep the mitzvot, then God looks upon that land. Lashkota. Right? To water the land. B'metar shamayim. Mereshit hashana v'adacharit hashana. 
Latet matar be'et hatzorech. So God makes sure, if you keep the mitzvot, that you'll have enough water. And the water comes from the rain. Vayam shemor tishma'u. Im shamata biyashan tishma bichadash. Im shamor tishma'un. This is a further posuk, right? Back, he says, "Im shavuot ishmeun at mitzvotai im shavuot ishmeun im shamata biyashan tishvah bechadash." If you you listened last year, you listen this year. V'cheinim shachoch tishkach at chalat itchalta lishkoach sovchasha tishkach. So there are different psukim that, according to the Rashbam, refer to this matter. And you have to understand that giving up the Shmirah of mitzvot is suicidal in Eretz Yisrael. Kach shnuya ba'agadat Shmuel megilat chasidim matzu katuv im ta'azvena yom yomayim ta'azveka. Mashal lishnaim shiyatsu echad mitveri echad mitzipori both places in the north in the Galil say Tveria is the lower Galil and Tzipori is a little bit further north, north and west. He says, "Pagu zeboze bechada meshkona v'yisichu ze imze parshu ze mize zeholech mil v'zeholech mil nimtza zerachok mize shnei mili." So you know, you just have to go a little bit. You have to move a little bit because God will also move a little bit. So you may think. That you didn't do anything so terrible, but you'll end up. You end up. The punishment was is that you'll get out of Eretz Israel. So here you are. Here you are. The the, the Ramban has explained. I mean, the Rashbam has explained uh, the order of the Psukim, including this idea that God is interested in us doing mitzvot, and in return, we get to live in Eretz Israel. So if you look at the second page, I just. I uh, want to organize this here. So if you look at the second page, uh, on top of this picture, what is this picture? Nova Tabula. Terra Sancta means the Holy Land. What this has to do with anything, basically. Anyway, if you look at the, the Gemara, Masechet, Bava, Batra, Tav Kufnun Chet Amud Bet. Amar Rabbi Zeira. Rabbi Zeira had something to say about something. When he came to Eretz Yisrael, he understood what the halacha was. So Rabbi Zeira said, Shmamina. From this I learn, Avira the Eretz Yisrael Machkim. Did you ever hear that? Well, this is where it is in the Gemara. Avira the Eretz Yisrael Machkim. The air makes you clever. There must be a lot of people in Israel who are not breathing. Machkim. What does the Rashbam say? You see the Rashbam, Rashbam in this part of Baba Batra is instead of Rashi. There's no Rashi in the, like the second two thirds of Baba Batra, but it was finished by the Rashbam, who was a, a great finisher for Rashi. Omar Abizeira. Shem mi sha'aliti le'eretz Yisrael 
Vatati et libo latseit mishitati harishona veralamodal amitat hadvarim. So what did Rabbi Zeira say? Oh, I used to be in Bavel. But I came on Aliyah. When I came on Aliyah, I realized that I was like I misunderstood something. Avira da Eretz Yisrael Machim. And therefore, I came to the conclusion that Avira da Eretz Yisrael Machim. So you know, this could be a kind of, what? It's a solipsis. Right, it could be. It could be a, uh, you know, something uh, people say. They don't mean it. It just happens that Rav Zera, when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he understood something. It could be that if he got to Japan, he would have also understood something. So he said, Avira the Eretz Yisrael Machim. That's what Rabbi Zera said. But Rabbi Nachman of Bratzlev didn't look at it that way. If you look at the last page, there's a Torah of Rabbi Nachman of Bratzlev, which we're not going to learn in its entirety, but the beginning will be enough to start us off. Rabbi Nachman says, you know that uh, that Rabbi Nachman came to Eretz Yisrael and he made it to Tveria and he saw the Hasidim who were there and then he turned around and he left. This is of course because Rabbi Nachman was good at leaving uh, uh, mysteries as an inheritance. He was, uh, and so, so you could find a, everybody here could have an opinion about why Rabbi Nachman did it. Why he did it, of course, means why did he go? And if he went, why did he come back? It's true that the Talmidim, the Talmidim of, uh, of the Magid, of the great Magid of Mizrich, divided up, right? Some of them went to Eretz Yisrael, and the Balatanya, the Balatanya, who was uh, maybe the greatest Talmud of the, of the Magid of Mizrich, he made it to Istanbul. In Istanbul, he decided for some also unknown reason to go back to uh, Russia, where he established what's called today Chabad, right? Chasidei, Chasidut Chabad. So this mystery, but, but Rav Nachman was the only one who went to Eretz Yisrael and went back from Eretz Yisrael. He was the only one. What? The Baal Shem didn't go unless you're talking about on a magic carpet. Maybe. I mean, magic carpets don't count. They only work in Harry Potter. Misha Yodea me Eretz Yisrael. says, anyone who knows anything about Eretz Yisrael, of course, who's he talking about? Himself. I mean, he says, Misha Yodea me Eretz Yisrael, meaning, you better pay attention since I'm the only one in that category. Like you're talking... Took this Hasidim in uh, wherever it was in Oman. Sheta'am ve'emetam Eretz Yisrael. Right, someone who like ta'am et ha'tam. How long does it take with ta'am et ha'tam? A minute, right? So like that was Rav Nachman of Brazil. He went to Tzvas, they went to Tveria, and that was Eretz Yisrael. He didn't go to uh, Yerushalayim because Yerushalayim was under the control of anti-Hasidim. And so he figured that he shouldn't go there. So it was like in the country, in the Eretz Yisrael, that's, see, one of the signs of peace is that the Hasidim of Tveria moved to Eretz Yisrael and lived. 
But of course, that was after, uh, I think, Ger came to Eretz Yisrael. You know, like, they're big Hasidic groups. Like, it's hard to wipe them out entirely. Who yachol hakir ba'acher imu eitzel tzadik al-Rosh Hashanayim lach? Right, so he, he, that person, who has the time of Eretz Yisrael, is able to make this grand distinction. Is he a true tzadik of Rosh Hashanah? Who's the true tzaddik of Rosh Hashanah? You may have heard that Rav Nachman gets a big turnout today in Uman on Rosh Hashanah. Right? What are they up to? About 25,000? No? I mean, some, some remarkable number that goes today. So that's called a tzaddik shel Rosh Hashanah. A righteous person who can make determinations. After all, what happens on Rosh Hashanah? The year is determined. The future is determined. Well, how's your year going to be? How's your future going to be? So you go to the tzaddik and he gives you a little forward push. He helps you out. He can tell. Someone who has a time of Eretz Yisrael can tell about tzaddikim. Because you know that one of his things, Rav Nachman's things, was that not all tzaddikim are righteous. And some of them are bluffers. This has changed today, when all of them are bluffers, right? <laughs> but this is Rav Nachman. This is Rav Nachman. He was very much concerned about the future of the tzaddikim. And he felt that, that Hasidus had lost his way because in the beginning, in the beginning they were dependent upon great personalities like the Baal Shem Tov, this is his grandfather. But then somehow this whole thing came apart and, and people started inheriting the mantle of the righteous. So of course if you inherit the mantle of the righteous, you're not going to necessarily be righteous. So this is what he says. Bibu tzaddik, amiti olo, imhu ba'atzmo tzaddik. Right? You lose the capacity. But if somebody's ta'am ba'emet ta'am eretz Yisrael, you can tell. You can tell who's real, and who's an imposter, who's righteous, and who is wicked, who's a tzaddik that can help you, and who cannot help you. That's what Rav Nachman says. He, now where does he get that from? He says, Tam Eretz Yisrael lecholim litzayer lefi mi lefnei mishi yodeh Tam Sechel. Tam Eretz Yisrael is connected to Sechel. Kirak mishu hu ish bur, only someone who's, who's really ignorant. If shaloli dazot, ava mishu yodeh mi Sechel, kigon lomdim shemagishim maat Tam haSechel. But someone who learns Gemara and feels and, and, and there's a kasha and then there's a teretz and the teretz is pleasing to him. Right? So he understands that the seichel can make this kind of, these kinds of distinctions. But people who are boors, boors in English and burim in Hebrew, but those people they, they don't use sechel in order to make distinctions. They do it by smell. 
or they do it by instinct, but they don't do it by seichel. So people who use their seichel a lot, the Talmidei Chachamim, Yicholim Lavin Tam Eretz Yisrael, Ki Avira the Eretz Yisrael Machkim. You get it? In other words, remember Rav Zera, he came to Eretz Yisrael and he said, oh, I changed my mind. In Babel I thought, this was the halacha, but now I'm in Eretz Yisrael, I see that the halacha is different. That's the Rajbam. And what, what, what does it say? What did the Rajbam say? I say, what did Rav Zera say? He said, Tabo, the Avira, the Eretz Yisrael, Machim. So, Ravi Nachman starts backwards. And he says, why is Avira the Eretz Yisrael Machim? Because, he says, after all, Machim, Seichel, smart, has to do with the Torah. And the Torah has to do with understanding. And the understanding, that understanding is called Akira the, uh, Avira the Eretz Yisrael. V'tama Chochma Seichel. The chokhma, the seichel, the wisdom, the cleverness, vadaya karmaot, ach ikar ma'alat kudushat eretz Yisrael, urak al yedei hashgachat Hashem yitbarach, umachmat Hashem yitbarach. You ready? In other words, he says, what gives you this power of distinction? Torah. No, that's fine. What in the Torah? Asking a kasha and getting a terror. So that means clarifying things. Clarifying the Torah. That gives you a wondrous feeling of understanding and knowledge. Okay? But what's that going to do with Eretz Yisrael? Eh? What's it going to do with Eretz Yisrael? People learn Torah according to Rabbi Na- including Rabbi Nachman. All over the world. Wherever they were. What does that do with Eretz Yisrael? How does he make that connection? So he says, Umachamat, you see line ten. Machmat Shashem Yitbarach Mistakel Be'eretz Yisrael Tamid, which is our pasuk, the pasuk that we learned. Mistakel Be'eretz Yisrael Tamid. Kemoshe Katuv Tamid Ene Hashem Elokecha Ba Bereishit Hashana Dachrit Hashana Ayedeze Eretz Yisrael Mikudeshet Vavira Machkim Ki Einayim. What does the word Einayim mean? Al Shem HaChochma Ki Hitpatchut HaChochma Nekra Bechinat Einayim That's Chochma is eyes Kemoshe Katuv Vatipatachna Einay Shnehem That Adam and Chavna became Pikchin They understood things The eyes understood Right? And Rashi says Al Shem HaChochma Neemar So I would say Go look again that what Rav Nachman of Bratzlev, Rav Nachman of Bratzlev is saying is, yes, all the Torah and anything you learn in the Torah is machkim. But in Eretz Yisrael, it's even more machkim. Why is it more machkim in Eretz Yisrael than any place else? Because, because Hashem It's like, it's like the rays. They're like x-rays coming from the divine eyes, so to speak, which enable you to gain greater chokhmah. So Rabbi Nachman changed the pshat in the statement of Rabbi Zeira. According to the Rashbam, 
Rabbi Zeir was saying, look, I came to Eretz Yisrael, I changed my mind. And that's called Avira de Eretz Yisrael Machkim. Sometimes you come to Eretz Yisrael and you understand things. Is that a reason to go to Eretz Yisrael? Avada not. Along comes, along comes Rav Nachman of Ratzlub, and he says, you have to understand what Rav Zeira meant, according to the Rashbam, he was talking about himself. But just to talk about himself, it wouldn't be in the Gemara. If it's in the Gemara, it's in the Gemara because it has some greater truth to bequeath to us. So what's the greater truth? That Avira de Eretz Yisrael Machkim, Avira that somehow, since God is always looking at Eretz Yisrael, if I'm in Eretz Yisrael, I, it's to my advantage. It's to my academic, intellectual advantage. Okay, that's what Rab Nachman of Bratzlip says. Now there's one more thing I want to say. If you look at... Uh, okay, are we okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. What? Why did he leave? Who's he? Rab Nachman. If you know, write the book. Who wrote the book? <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I, I think it's more. Who the hell you mean the Sipur Iran? Okay, it doesn't say. Devorim Peregimel Pasukov Zayin. You see page two. Now I, wa- I, wa- I want to just ask you a question. This business about God looking at Eretz Yisrael. Eine Hashem Elokecho Tamid. When exactly did that start? Well, it's not reasonable to say that it was there when the Shiva Amamin were there. It started when we got there. Uh, when exactly did it start? Like after seven years of conquest, after another seven years of dividing up the land and planting things, after another seven years, 21 years, they started doing mitzvot at Lod Ba'aretz. When exactly did God stop, start looking carefully? Let me ask you another question. You remember that Moshe Rabbeinu went up went to God in last, not, not this week's Pasha, last week's Pasha, and asked for a reprieve. And it's always uh, bothered me that Moshe Rabbeinu never fought a losing cause. You know, after the Cheta Egel, you'd have thought that Moshe Rabbeinu would give up, but he obviously knew that he would be successful. He pressed on, then God would be forgiving. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu knew. Now how come Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know that God would not forgive him or let him into Eretz Yisrael? How come he pleaded with God? I mean, he was on a certain level like you go to some lawyers with certain kinds of cases and they'll tell you right away. It's not worth the effort. How come Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know that it was not worth the effort? And you can ask the question from the other side. And if Moshe Rabbeinu wanted so much to go to Eretz Yisrael, why didn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu allow him to go to Eretz Yisrael? So I have these different questions. One question is, when did it start? 
When was Ene Hashem Elokecha in Eretz Yisrael? When did God start watching Eretz Yisrael? Okay, when the Jews got there, not before the Jews got there, because that would be... But when exactly? My second question is, why did Moshe Rabbeinu want to fight a losing cause about going into Eretz Yisrael? And if Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to fight the losing cause, why didn't, after all, why didn't the Kodesh Baruch Hu allow him to enter the land and then die in Eretz Yisrael? And he was 120 years old. So there's a pasuk in, in uh, Vatchanan, in last week's parish. You see at page 2, Dvarim Peregibel Pasuk of Zion. You see that? Kodesh Baruch Hu says to Moshe Rabbeinu, after he pleads for mercy but is rejected, Alei Rosh HaPisgah, V'say Necha Yama V'tzafona V'teimana U'mizracha, U'ra'ei Be'inecha. I'm going to say the Pasuk again. Now when he is Sa'enecha, when Moshe Rabbeinu looks to the east, to the north, to the west, to the south, does he see something? When God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, look in all four directions. So he looks. Does he see anything? Mistome. He probably sees something. He sees whatever he's looking at. So why does the Pasuk say, Ure'ei be'enecha? What do you mean, look with your eyes? What do you mean, don't look with his ears? It says in the Pasuk, Sa'enecha yama v'tzafona v'teimana Sa'enecha. Isn't that, doesn't that mean to see? Take a look. Look this way and that way and the other way. And what is Ura'e'e'e'necha? What sort of, can you look better than you can look? Could you say, take a look and see? What do you mean, take a, what? You stand? Okay, I, I can always do that. You know, you can always change a word for another word and make the sentence make sense. But it does say, Einecha. doesn't say, Understandecha. It says, just regular Einecha, and therefore it is a repeat. So now, let's say, let's say we thought that, you know, the way the world ran, or runs, in a not very uncomfortable idea, but which is uh, uh, something that the Kabbalists like a lot, is that there's always an interplay between human action and divine response. Not divine action and human response, but human action and divine response. So that, who invented chesed? Who invented chesed? Avram Avinu. Right? What does that mean that Avram Avinu invented chesed? That in order for God to be filled with chesed towards the created world, the created world had to deserve chesed. How do you prove that you deserve chesed? By being, as they say in that language which is neither Hebrew, English, or Yiddish, chesedik. Right? Chesedik. 
being chesedik is not just a good way to be, but it makes you a follower of Avram Avinu. It, it makes a demand, so to speak, on heaven. Because the people of chesed, inalienably, demand chesed. They, they demand chesed from heaven. So when HaKadosh Baruch said to Moshe Rabbeinu, HaKadosh Baruch said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're not going to Eretz Yisrael? He said, because you still have one job to do that precludes you from going to Eretz Yisrael. And that job is That's the job. Because the the eyes of heaven are a function of the eyes of Moshe Rabbeinu. So God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you can't go to Eretz Yisrael. Because in this matter, just as God is an outsider, so too are you an outsider. Because you're the man of You're the person who's going to start it off. You're going to enable the world to be a world in which God is looking at Eretz Yisrael all the time and trying to determine what should become, what should come to Eretz Yisrael. And this can only be done this be by someone who is an outsider, not by someone who is in Eretz Yisrael. And the outsider who was chosen to do that was Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's the Pshat Necho, and that's the moment that the difference between Eretz Yisrael and the diaspora started, and that's true according to Rav Nachman of Bratzlov, whether you have water or you don't have water, the way you agriculture, you don't do agriculture, but the Re'ebei Necho is always there, and it has to do with an extra measure of wisdom and understanding that you might have in Eretz Yisrael. Have a good Shabbos.